after Janet Gaynor, Judy Garland, and Barbara Streisand. But before Lady Gaga, Mariah Carey, and a sweet, sweet fantasy of what star is born in 1980s New York. Hundreds of movies are released every year. Some are good, some are great, and many of them are really, really bad. We seek out those rare gems that are so exceptionally bad, they're actually good. At least when you watch them with friends. Sit back and laugh with us as we sift through the garbage. We'll share our completely unqualified reviews of some of the worst films of our lifetimes as we search for those few that are exceptionally bad. Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Exceptionally Bad. I'm Brant. I'm Bracken. I'm Danny. I'm Nate. And I'm Ben. And we're so excited to have you guys. Welcome back. Um, so the movie that we're going to watch, or I guess that we did watch just now, uh, takes place in the nineties. But before we tuck into that, uh, I want to get you guys take, like what, what was your favorite nineties music just to get us in the mood before we 1890s, the 1890s. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Celtic. I'm loving that harpsichord. (laughs) (laughs) I remember enjoying Enya a lot in the early nineties. Yeah. Far and Away, 1992, Enya was was a big deal. Um, but I also really enjoyed Whitney Houston yes. in, the, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Janet Jackson, you mentioned earlier. Yep. Yeah, big big fan. For me, it was, uh, as you said, Janet Jackson and Bobby Brown. My, yeah. I couldn't afford any kind of music of my own. So oh, my, yeah. My buddy had those two cassettes, and we would listen to those over and over and over again yes. while reading our comic books. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was, I guess, a little different. I was listening to, uh, I think you call it like hair metal or fluff metal now. Yeah. Like a lot of Def Leppard. Yeah. Motley Crue. Poison Sugar. Poison. Yeah. Warrant. Yeah. Um, so you were cool. The, well, the stuff that yeah. you guys are One talking cool about, you're talking about the Enya, the yeah. well, the stuff, that was on the easy listening station that yeah. my mom listened to. So uh, I mean, I, right. I was yeah, familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. rebel? No, I totally agree with you. you know, I listened to also Oingo Boingo and Depeche Mode and a lot of oh, alternative man, Depeche rock. Mode. I loved. Yeah, that. that was that was big in high school at that time. But my favorite, uh, well, my favorite was Mariah Carey. Like I was the biggest mariah carey fan i i mean like kind of now that i think about it kind of scary (laughs) creepy obsessed obsessed oh i was obsessed yeah i had pictures everywhere i um i mean this is embarrassing but i like got a picture of her from a magazine that was like taken it was a candid picture at like her house or something i don't know and i had a photograph of myself that looked like (laughs) i was there i i cut them out 
and put them together like we were sitting next to each other. Then I took a photograph of it. So it was on photograph on Kodak paper, right? So then I could show my friends. I was like, dude, check it out. I meant Mariah Carey. Man, that is so awesome. Dan, this, this is I'm a so podcast. People actually, Danny, people actually might hear you I know. from this podcast. It's so, so embarrassing. How, like, what's, what's the, the terms of your... Did you have a favorite hit? Did you have a favorite song of hers? Look, I loved... I seriously, I loved everything that Mariah Carey came out with. Um through through most of the 90s um so uh mariah carey's first album uh i loved it so much and it was the first cassette tape that i bought with my own money that i earned like that i went out and bought it and i listened to it so so much that i actually wore the tape out it gets all noisy and stuff and, and i had to go back and buy another one and i wore that one out as well so i bought that one three times i owned it three times um and you know, I bought everything that she came out with up until. <laughs> I know it's scary, but listen, no, this is what's this. what's crazy I is that so I, I was seriously such a huge fan of hers. Um, and then, you know, uh, she decided to like start changing her style, right? She left the left Columbia or CBS Records or Columbia, whatever, or Sony, whatever it was, and. Uh, changed her style, wanted to be more hip-hop, less R&B. And uh, I really didn't like that, and I just completely lost interest in her. And it's it's funny because my, my interest kind of deviated strongly away from her after that into, mm. like, Rage Against the Machine and stuff like that. Um, the natural, natural transition. Yeah, it's the natural <laughs> transition. <laughs> but still, like, her first four or five albums uh, were, like... I listen to them constantly. Yeah, dude. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm that's... loving this look into into yeah. Ben right now. Yeah. Like, loves Halloween, uh-huh. loves kind of the gore, yeah, but also loves early Mariah Carey so <laughs> much right. that he has posters of her right next to his like <laughs> yeah. I don't know Halloween. Oh, dude, my posters. locker was just know. pasted with pictures of her. <laughs> yeah, I feel like so your obsession so uh-huh. and Halloween horror go uh, together fairly well. <laughs> So uh, like well, that I feel like when she shifted is probably around the time that grunge started. Uh, yeah, it was about it was like well, yeah, it was about that time. So it was about ninety seven ish. Oh, okay, so ninety six, ninety seven, a little bit. Then. Yeah, a little bit later. Because I think that kind of also defined the night. I mean, I'll tell you, it was this thing where uh, Alanis Morissette came out and had like the most popular album at the time, and I was so angry with Alanis Morissette. I had not heard her. I was in, I was out of the country at the time. New music came out. I'm hearing Alanis Morissette is the greatest, is like breaking all of these records, breaking Mariah Carey's records and stuff. And I was just like, I hate this girl, Alanis Morissette, because Mariah Carey's better. And then I came home and I heard Alanis Morissette, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Yeah. And I quickly turned towards Alanis. Jagged little pill. Do you have any pictures of I, you no, two? I, I was never, I'll tell you, I've never been obsessed with anyone quite to the degree that i was obsessed with mariah carey um i mean i was close with gwen stefani but Mm -hmm. you know no doubt yeah yes no doubt was it it, that was it went actually mariah carey alanis morissette no doubt and rage against the machine (laughs) and then it went to like the attractive woman in rage i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) who had the pipes that mixtape must have been awesome 
well, you know, my music taste to this day is extremely eclectic. Yeah. I mean, like on the same mixtape, it'll be Celtic Woman and then Heavy Metal and then like and then Enya and then, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Love it. And so just because you mentioned you had that photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kids gave me this this photograph of the Spice Girls. Yeah. And it looked like a regular photograph. Right. And so I just stuck it in my photo album. Yes. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So the people looking at my photo album, like all these places that I've been, and then there's just a picture of the Spice Girls. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's the exact same thing I did. <laughs> Almost. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> uh, Nate Stern didn't come with a restraining yeah. order. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't paste a picture of me. Like, <laughs> right? Look, it's just it was like pre-Photoshop Photoshop. That's all it was. <laughs> come on, people do it all the time now. <laughs> it's true. It was. Oh, that's so great. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, on that awkward note, <laughs> yes. Um, we just watched Glitter, um, an amazing movie from two thousand one. Starring who? Ryan Carey. Ryan Carey. And other people. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard? Yep. Um, d- did you recognize anybody else? No. Uh, DeBrat Matt- was in it. I don't know who she is, but yeah. Yeah, hold on a second. I think I should have known who she is. What, what year did Cool as Ice come out? That 93? 94? 91. 91. So 91. once a decade, you get the... The, the musician turned actor no. actor vehicle vehicle and then oh it happens much more frequently yeah. than that oh yeah oh right but do they spectacularly crash and burn <laughs> <laughs> ask Madonna I was about to say I'm pretty sure Madonna had come on a league of their own was a pretty good movie yeah, yeah but she but had other who's films that before girl that. And... yeah the bodyguard <sighs> she had a video, that wasn't but... Madonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was Kevin Costner. <laughs> that was Kevin Costner's vehicle. <laughs> when he went from music to acting. Uh, Max Beasley was in this, which I did not did not know who is he was. Is he from Brooklyn? Uh, he, You're talking about Julian Ice? Yeah, he's he's the love interest for Is he Mariah from Carey. Brooklyn? Uh, born in England. Um, the only other person I recognized was Anne Mag. Magnuson, who mm-hmm. was played Kelly, the publicist, and she really only has like a maybe five minute scene in Clear and Present Danger, which I know because I used to watch that movie all the time, like a lot. I used to watch Clear and Present Danger, so I just recognized her, but um, not really a whole lot of other people that you probably have noticed before or would recognize. Padma Lakshmi. She, uh, she's someone people might know. Yeah. From... I thought she was a chef. What did she, who did she play? Yeah. <laughs> she was Silk, the singer who couldn't sing. Oh, okay. The voice what was it, Top Chef? <laughs> silk <laughs> she was maybe. Yeah. Um, the other person that I recognize, I, I see his face and you will recognize him, but Dorian Hayward. Hey, Harewood. Hey, yeah, that's right. Mispronounce that. Um, but the he's a big very different thing. Yeah. yeah. So he was in I was recognize him in the background. Predator, right? I, I, I don't think he was. No. Oh, man. He wasn't ripped enough. Okay. He, he, yeah. Eric You're... Benet, who played Raphael, who, who we felt like was a Lenny Kravitz type character. 
I was thinking like Ziggy Oh no, Marley. he was in Full Metal Jacket. That's yeah. yeah he's that's a he's a good character is. actor. You've seen him in, in tons of stuff. Something I'm interested in that you mentioned a little bit during the movie was how much is this based on her? And it can go into reviewing yeah. the plot or whatever. But um, how much is it based on her life? So I'll tell you that I heard um, she was looking. F- she early on was like, Hey, I want to do a movie. And so she started talking to people about, Hey, let's do a movie. I want to be, I want to be an actress. Let's do a movie. And she, you know, she's got a story of how she became a musician that is not terribly, I mean, like, like it's loosely related to the movie that we saw. Um, but I think that that's more coincidence though. There may, there may be some pieces to it that she's like, Hey, this is kind of like what happened to me, and so they adapted it because this this movie really is a remake of was it A Star Is Born? Yeah, yeah. It, has it always been called A Star Is Born every time? It has okay. been, except for this. I mean, I I would say that they're probably not uh, the writers of the original are not you know taking credit for this. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's a separate, but it's really the same story. It's an adaptation, yeah, whatever adaptation, yeah, yeah. Nate said this in his. Natro, but there were many different A Star is Born. Like, how many movies are there? Which Yeah, so Janet Gaynor uh, did a version in the 1930s, and then Judy Garland uh, did one with James Mason in, I think, 1954. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson did one in the 70s. And, of course, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper did one just uh, a couple years back. So um, this, this was done in 2001. And honestly, it's, you know, it's making your way to Hollywood or becoming a, you know, a star or from a nothing. big singer yeah. from nothing in that journey and, you know, finding love and then losing that love and um, moving on with your career. So um, certainly this, this is, this was, we weren't, sh- none of us had seen this movie Mm-mm. before, by the way. No. Uh sure. Even though some one of us was a big Mariah Carey fan, so by the time this movie Danny. came out, I was no longer a Mariah Carey fan. Oh. And you're like, and no one saw it anyway, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So um, why would you go see it? Um, so we really had nothing, had no expectations, or knew what this was, or whether it was a drama or a comedy or right. a romantic comedy or what. And then as soon as I read the synopsis, I said, "Oh, it's this is a Star Is Born," yeah. and then. Sure you watched it, and it kind of <laughs> follows that same trajectory, right? It's, it's. I mean, you could say it's not necessarily a remake of that, but it's just that same storyline of mm-hmm. making it, um, becoming a star, and and uh, some and the, tragedy at the end. Right. There's a tragedy at the end, though. The female uh, star becomes the star. I would argue that the tragedy starts with the opening credits <laughs> and, run, and runs for an hour and a half. I got to say, I was very excited when I looked it up and it has a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes Oh wow! for the critics and 48% for the audience. So mm-hmm. I knew we were in for a treat. I didn't know anything else about the movie other than that Mariah Carey was right. in it. <laughs> so who wants to give us the... The synopsis. Okay, what is this? What is the star? What, is the well, I feel like I already did. Yeah. Like it's just the trajectory of you know, it's it's her becoming a. Well, she's orphaned, and I, when I say orphan, I mean her mom gives her up to an orphanage after a you know a near burning accident where yeah. she falls asleep. I guess 
her mom's with her a, cigarette a, like a, in the she's hand. She's a jazz singer. Yeah. And, or, a, and a junkie, I think. Yeah. And they lived in the sapia days. Yeah, back in the sepia tones. <laughs> in yeah. the 70s, Such a weird intro. I guess. Yeah, in New York. And, uh, you know, I, I always, whenever I see or hear uh, someone almost falling asleep with a cigarette. So I grew up in the age of the Partridge family and David Cassidy. And my I always knew from my parents that David Cassidy was the son of Jack Cassidy, who was a big um, crooner, uh, actor, singer. And he tragically died from being falling asleep and drinking and having a cigarette in his hand and, you know, basically bur- you know, burning, as the story yeah. goes, or that's what I was told. So I always thought that that was like a tragic thing but that's what almost happens in this movie is they we we see this coming a mile away you know she's on the couch and mariah carey as a 10 year old is taking the cigarette out of her hand and then next thing we know there's fire and they're they're getting carted out of the building um so um she goes to an orphanage and of course she makes friends with these two girls immediately and they Mm -hmm. become lifelong friends and they become a group of three and the next thing we know they are singing back up for dancing yeah yeah dancing in a nightclub and then they become uh backup singers for this singer who can't sing really horrible singer yeah and i mean uh, she did a great job of singing horribly it's it's not very subtle right Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff in this movie um and of course, they ask <laughs> Mariah Carey to speak up and sing those same chords, and then they just kind of dub over and use her vocals yeah. for the, the act. Yeah, yep. Millie Vanilli style, or <clears throat> um, singing in the rain style, as I'd put it. Um, <laughs> and then the they stumble across this um, super popular DJ. Yeah, and he says he he discovers that it's really mariah carey's voice that's that's behind the the song that they were just asked to play and so he approaches her and her two friends and wants to represent them and get them going and and so he makes a deal with the prior manager guy terrence howard that he will you know take them away for a hundred thousand dollars basically Without really negotiating much, and, um, at all, yeah, and so that's uh, how it's gonna be, huh? <laughs> and so they start to. He makes her a star. Yeah, their projection, and next thing, as soon as, as they start to fall in love, and next thing you know, they're she's doing a performance on one of the award shows. Yeah, he's shirtless. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's starting and she... to get left behind as her flame is rising and people are like hey we're gonna try some other producers and stuff hey hey, just you know we're not gonna do that to you danny (laughs) (laughs) so while her career goes you better be with me yeah his career goes down Down. yeah and yeah then she makes it to her dream madison square garden well they break up first he has causes a scene at a party Mm. and says some bad things about her two friends and and her yeah. And her, and he's just being a jerk, and he's kind of a jerk for throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, and you don't really see why she sees anything in him other than he helps her with yep. her career. Not that she's comes across as being nice to him because of that, but mm-hmm. um, 
So they break up, and she, even though she's sold out Madison Square Garden, she moves back in with her two friends for the right. night because she has no place she else has to no go. Money. And um, she doesn't even have a car; she has to take a limo everywhere. It's probably the poor negotiating skills of Dice. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just a lot of inconsistencies in this movie. <laughs> Kind of just left scratching our heads and wondering, well, they just sold out Madison Square Garden. I bet they could afford the hundred thousand dollars to to pay, to pay off, off the yeah deal. Yeah, if she's anyway. Uh, so, and then I'm going to gloss over the songwriting stuff because yeah, we yeah. can talk about that later. But ultimately, Terrence Howard's character shoots uh, Julian Dice. On the same night that it's her big performance. Exactly. He was going to go and watch her in the show. He had a ticket. And they were all kind of like feeling like they might get back together. <laughs> yes. I don't know and where that, that came out of the blue, though. But <laughs> this, this happens 20 minutes before. I mean, not to ruin anything, but the best part of the movie was when she, she finally walks out on him. And you're like, okay, good. She's going to move on. And there's going to yep. be happier things going on. And. And then you kind of realize that, no, they kind of want you, the movie makers really want you to care for this relationship and that, that they get back together. And and I, yeah. I just wish they had turned it into some kind of stalker, scary, you know, horror movie or something. But they they didn't. They just kept with the Star is Born plot line and, and made it that um, – they were supposed to get back together and we were supposed to feel bad that they weren't back together. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a horrible break. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he dies. And after she, she performs her heart out, she takes the limo to her mom who, you know, her Julian well, had, his ghost had delivered a, a rose and a letter. <laughs> yeah. That he had sent before he got shot that night. And, she read it and found out where her mother was in yeah. upstate Maryland and drove there all through the night. Yep. And there was a happy little mom lived on the property that was like half of Maryland. And right. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. All right. Before we so one, I want to kind of delve into Dice's character, but before we do that, um, quick break. All right. Man, that was great. Yeah. Ooh, Can you guys so <laughs> I'm so I'm very interested in painting the picture for our listeners of Dice, because for me, he's the one who really sparkled and 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 shined. <laughs> he in he's the smoothie. one who really glittered. He's yeah. the one who really glittered, and he was the. I mean, okay, so for me, he was the best part of this movie because he was so easy to make fun of, and throughout the movie, uh, we, not me, but everyone was impersonating his. Uh, Nate, what would you say his <laughs> accent was? <laughs> I would say it was a cross between yeah. <laughs> it was a cross between like Brooklyn, Boston, um, maybe maybe he's just from Connecticut. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was not consistent. So no. um, it sounded just like fake the whole time. So like real yeah. people do not talk like this. Who did we? Who did we? So he looks a lot like you and McGregor. You and McGregor. Yeah. Who was the other one that we mm. thought he looked like? Uh, I'm forgetting now. I don't know. I just kept thinking he was oh, Obi Wan uh, through the whole uh, thing. Paul yeah. Walker. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Paul so it's Walker. like it's Paul like if, if if Paul Walker and, and Ewan McGregor had a love Ewan McGregor had a love child that with would be... Sam Adams commercial. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> With Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Say, how do you mop for me? <laughs> so his accent was... So Bracken had pointed out the actor is from England, and that came through occasionally in yes. some of the things he said, but his... His accent was just so, so, so bad. He's like, I can't do an American accent, but I can do this thing. And they're like, okay, most people who are not from this area are going to think that's from this area. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was from New York, but he's from Boston. And, and, uh, but sometimes from Scotland. I don't know if he ever had a, I don't think he ever had a brogue. But, right, yeah. but the way that he acted, like, I think he was very much channeling a Mark Wahlberg angry character yeah, yeah. When, when he would go off the deep end. Yep. Like, I thought you could just insert Mark Wahlberg in. I, would, I agree. And you there wouldn't was, miss a beat. Although he would be a better actor. But yeah. But, like, marginally. But, like, it Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's, I don't do all the talking about the best character, but. He starts off as like like a likable guy, right? Yeah. He's just the DJ at this club. Right. He's, he's not a very he's kind of saving though. her from you know Terrence a Howard's character, right? Situation. Yeah, he, yeah. he starts out just. I mean, he's playing terrible club music, which right? Maybe because it's nineteen eighties New York, that's just club music. But Even like, for the eighties, yeah, that was just bad. Mm-hmm. And people were dancing, and they weren't on the beat because there was no beat. There was no beat <laughs> to the music, yeah. and, and that's a thing that I felt through the entire film. No beat to any of the music, Agreed. and it's like, how is this dance music? Huh. Yeah, they keep pushing that she's like the next. They need her to cross over into pop from the dance from scene, the dance. and it's exactly. like, wait, yeah. Mariah Carey is a dance singer? What? Yeah. I don't know. There's no beat. It was yeah. definitely more R and B when she yeah. sang songs. Yeah. But... So I think he started out as a sympathetic character. Yeah. He's just this I mean, DJ that sees something in her. Yeah. And he has her best interests because she's not in a good situation with Terrence Howard's character because he's going to milly vanilly her. Right. Uh, with with, I mean, he even protects her later on, like when she gets her first, like she gets picked up by a real record label and they're doing the music video, and she's obviously very uncomfortable with what they have her wearing and doing, you know. And he kind of protects her there, right? And it wasn't working in the music yeah, it wasn't video, working. right? It was, so it was he, really he did bad. have her best interest. In yeah, her. I mean, it was cartoonishly bad, though. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna and, interject here, though. Did. Did you get the impression that he was actually being super protective? Because he keeps doing that kind of thing, but then he's like going way over the top, like, "Hey, why, why you not wearing any clothes? Why everybody can see well, so, your bazungas, whatever." So, you know? like, <laughs> he gets like overly Bison. possessive kind of thing, right? Like, he doesn't want to lose control. That, that, that's what it feels like. So it, it does, you know. So it kind of feels, you know, nice so, at the beginning, and then it, I don't know. I don't know this for a fact, but. Um, it, you guys might know that I, I was a big Mariah Carey fan <laughs> back in the 90s. And, uh, heard, heard it here first. Did, did you meet her bodyguards? No. <laughs> but uh, there was this thing, like she had this image. It's a matter for the courts. Uh, she was married to Tommy Mottola, who was the president, the CEO of Sony Music. And uh, he was the guy who kind of dictated her image through her first several albums. And that image was this wholesome girl. You know, she just wears jeans and and a nice shirt. She's not showing a lot of cleavage. She's not being super sexy or anything, you know. And um, I remember reading an article where she was talking about how she hated that because she wanted to be free of that and she wanted to, you know, 
be herself and show off her sexuality and stuff like that, but he was stifling her because it was the Mariah Carey image. And in the end, she uh, left Sony Music, left Tommy Mottola, and there is an absolute switch in her style at that point where she starts showing off more skin and uh, and making movies like Glitter. And it's all pent up and it all got released in this yeah. film. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would say that that whole thing with Dice trying to like get mad Control. at her for showing off too much cleavage and stuff was kind of autobiographical. Yeah, like she's like this. Look, I lived through this, so you know. <laughs> well, back to that music video. She's clearly uncomfortable. Yes. The director wants her. Well, she's to... clearly poorly acting. Uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So, so she's got her two friends slash roommates slash whatever her backup dancers who. Millie and I, I, I think that Brandt said that the director told them to channel your inner dead white man. They, <laughs> they, not, they, they could not dance. And so the director well, wants again, them out. And there was no beat. Yeah. So the director of the music video wants them out. Yeah. And he's even saying stuff. He's like, we need strippers. That's right. And then, That's so funny. And then, and then he wants her more scantily clad. And it's just over the top. And so then the strippers that are in there, or the dancers, are all men, like in Speedos and like jungle paint. With, well, jungle paint. this yeah. director has some kind of European accent yeah. from yeah. some Un- he's from Pennsylvania, Ukraine. Nondescript country. European in accent. Some, not German, necessarily Eastern Russian. Europe, but somewhere in Europe. I'm from yeah. the... Ukrainian part of France. And, and it's like uh, we're not really believing that you're the director because you're you're directing this awful video. Oh man, we're, we're not sure that you know what you're doing. Yeah, but, yeah. You know the Ukrainian part of the. So there is a lot of bad accents in this movie. There's at least two, right? So yes. we know that oh, Julian Dice's character's got a bad accent and the director's got a bad accent. And then they have a battle between each other. Well, it's funny because uh, Dice's reaction to the director wanting to do something different, he's like, what? <laughs> it's like, it's like he's a director. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like early on, though, he starts sabotaging her. Right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I think she would have been a lot more successful without him. Like, sh- That's when she starts taking off certainly. and he's not the one who's in control of her success right. at that point. He right? definitely got her the start, but after yeah. that, I feel like he was just a Bostonian mm-hmm. girl hanging off of her. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we could talk about the acting of this movie uh, and just kind of your thoughts on how everybody did. Because I'm curious what everyone has to say. I. So. Yeah. I, I went into it. Obviously, I'd never seen this before. Knowing that Mariah Carey turned out a terrible performance. In fairness to her, everybody was terrible in this movie, right? I felt like she did not at any point stand out as being the worst actor on screen. There's a few times, but in most cases, she's playing along with everybody else, which doesn't speak highly of the other actors in a lot of the scenes that they're in. Terrence Howard still did an okay job. He did okay. I mean, he did Terrence Howard. I feel like I've seen him play that same character like who who doesn't do a lot of talking he does a lot of staring with his green eyes is this like a prequel to, to empire that's i mean it really felt like empire do you think that's how he got the job <laughs> no, right. i'm not even like no, for real they're, they're, they're looking like, at him they're like we, we you already know glitter. how to play a music mode. you could really yeah. rock that green fedora <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah i think that 
most of the acting was um, mediocre. Like it didn't, it didn't scream absolute horrible to mm. me. But nothing stood it's not out troll either. Two. It was not yeah, troll it's two not troll two. No. Or, or, it, to, it or even was, a talking cat. It, no. it didn't even feel like a student film. You know, I mean, it felt like they were. Even Mariah Carey was not that horrible. No. You know, uh, she was not great, but she was okay. I would even say that they were all pretty good yeah. for this this movie. Um, I felt like the the dialogue, what they were given from the script, mm-hmm. uh, I think didn't was... help. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the like even the like there's a love making scene, and then there's this 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 discussion that goes on afterwards, and uh, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it was so awkward because of the writing. It was so funny, and uh, some of the lines were rather corny yeah. uh you but know did, she says i'm not a girl that does this very often yeah, like a one night stand i don't usually do this i don't usually do this and he's like i could tell <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was like this long pause and she's like staring at him like really serious yeah like it wasn't meant to be a joke and then he and then he's like i'm totally messing with you and <laughs> And she's like, oh, you know, it was, and it was, and it was delivered so uh, seriously. Uh, I I thought that their acting was fine. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think. I think this movie felt that it was much more serious than it was. Mm-hmm. It was it was actually going for like the the Lady Gaga version of A Star Is Born. A very like we want to go for an Oscar and get nominations and taking it way too serious because there's several moments in this movie where there's these big serious dramatic scenes and i kept thinking this isn't that kind of movie like this acting isn't for that they're doing a great job for a less dramatic less serious we're just telling a story kind of popcorn movie Mm -hmm. which would have been fine right um but they were the the tone of the movie was so much more take us seriously um, that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Trying to tug so those well. heartstrings. Yeah, they're, they're, these are you know these are not. Uh, I would say that the best actor was Terrence Howard, of course, but um, he's barely in it. This mm-hmm. is yeah, he's a supporting actor, and mm-hmm. and the leads. Um, Max Beasley does not do a good job of being likable. I guess he's not supposed to be likable, but. You don't want them to get back together, right? At the, there's nothing that helps that connection, yeah. and you're not really sad when they break up, and you want him to just go away, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I felt like that the writing was hurting a little bit more than the acting. Yeah. I was really surprised at how well Mariah Carey did. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I thought she was pretty good, considering the material. And I mean, I've seen singers do certain, you know, try to carry a movie. Justin DeKelly? Justin DeKelly. Cool as ice. Uh, Madonna in certain movies yeah. where you're like, or even some scenes in The Bodyguard, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, that one scene where you're trying to cry, <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, you know, where it, it kind of detracts. I didn't see any really, really bad scene like that from right. Anna Carey um, in this movie. So, uh, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised. By mm-hmm. that, I I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. That it there was nothing that was atrocious. Mm-hmm. It was just below average. 
some of the dialogue was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And I feel like there were a lot of, they were supposed to be Oscar moments. Mm-hmm. Right. That just, that, yeah, you know, they, they were swinging flat. for the fences yeah, yeah. and barely making it out of the infield. <sighs> right. Yeah. There was a scene in where it's, they're it's crying the and her and Mariah Carey and uh, Julian Dice are in the, sh- sitting down in the shower or whatever. And they're, they just had a fight or something. And yeah. you're like, oh man, this is really trying to, be that Oscar clip, and it just no, never quite. It's way too serious. Takes hold. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a Razzie clip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was the. Well, Razzie the funny clip. thing about that scene is he had railed against her being so scantily clad, and we're right. like, this is probably one of her. Yeah, that she was wearing like a regular prom dress, yeah. like like wouldn't no be out cleavage of, really, wouldn't and... be out of place at like a school dance. Yeah, I mean, it was really just no shoulders. That's, That's right. It. Yeah, was the only thing that was so scant. Yeah, it had and, like a and, weird fur thing when they were in the car that right. went over one shoulder. The meek but, boa. Yeah. And, yes, and yeah. he goes to the the award show with no shirt and just a jacket. Yeah. and you're like, well, he did have his chain on. with dice yeah, this hanging dice on from it. it. <sighs> Come on, guy. <laughs> so there were some weird moments that I didn't quite understand, like at the awards show, like when they're trying to talk to her and she seems all upset and stuff. Did you and then you're talking about when they when they're was, doing the red carpet out? Yeah, the red carpet. Yeah. yeah, she comes out and everyone's like, or the like, I don't know who it was, VH1, whatever, is trying to talk to her, and he's like, "No, we gotta go," and she's all like, she looks like she's about ready to cry and stuff for no reason, and they kind of rush off, and it was weird. There was no explanation as to why they were that way. Why wouldn't they stop and talk to people? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's the whole dice thing going a little cuckoo bonkers. Well, yeah. I also didn't understand like when he he beats up Terrence Howard's character, uh-huh. um, and he goes to jail, and yes. she is supposed to be the musical guest on what on their version of Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Live. Late it's Night called Live. Late Night Live. Yeah. yeah, and so she leaves Late Night Live right before she's supposed to she's, before she's supposed to go on, so she perform. can go bail him out. It's like. What are they closing that police station? Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, you coming tonight? Let him soak overnight. He'll yeah, it's like, yeah. Is, it, is it half off bail? Like what? Like what is the? Like what? What is the <laughs> she's impetus? Got her, she's got to hurry. She's not getting bail. paid right now. Right. It's like, what's the Again, impetus that caused her to have to go like right then? Yeah. And burn that bridge. They don't have do the know, money. Do they have sales they for bail? <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like what? Like what would? so important about getting there right then uh, i would say that one of the most impressive things about this movie was the newscasting right like they are johnny on the spot with every single thing oh it's like <laughs> a famous dj producer was shot five minutes ago <laughs> janet is on the scene reporting janet let's go to you and then later in the movie there's you know like all these other things where uh, like every important thing that has to happen you find out about it from the from news the report TV, yeah. like uh-huh. where the thing happened five minutes earlier yeah everything else is believable in this movie besides that <laughs> well there's one <laughs> so i i want to talk about her yeah, i would have thought it was a documentary <laughs> <laughs> i want to talk the, about the underlying story where she's actually a robot uh, or <laughs> yes tell us about the so the marking as we're watching this periodically in scenes, we will notice that she has like a silver paint streak. Like somebody just took a paintbrush across her, usually on her shoulder or her arm or something. Yeah, yeah, just one paint stroke of of shiny silver, and nobody ever addresses it. Nobody <laughs> looks at it. I mean, we were talking about how we expected 
some big thing like she's going to come out all silver or something. It's it's some symbolic thing, right? Um, I looked it up <laughs> while we were watching the movie. I was like, what is the deal with the silver paint? And it was a makeup artist who was trying to make some kind of statement, hoping that it would become a fashion trend that people would start. <laughs> They're like, the the makeup artist is like, imagine we've all been there. You're at home, you're painting your house and everything, but then you've got to go to a fancy party and you just don't have time to change. To change. To so up. you have some paint splashes on you or whatever from painting and you just go and that's part of your fashion. And they talk. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yeah. All I'm going to say is Bob Vila did it better. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like she bought all the stock in like the glitter paint yeah, the company. Right. <laughs> and she's just trying to drive sales. It was a weird thing because it was... It was obviously meant to be symbolic of of something, and if I hadn't read that thing from the makeup artist, I wouldn't have even known when. Like, I wouldn't have seen the connection of when it's happening, and even with the explanation that it's like her war paint of her, like, it's when she's performing and it's showing her breaking free or whatever. It's like, that is so weird. The I first- mean... The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun little creative right. accent piece. Yeah. But then it like kept it showing up. And so right. we kept expecting something in to different come of it. Places. Yeah. In different places. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was distracting. Different outfits, yeah. different yeah. places. I thought yeah. that it was like they it was a mistaken makeup department. Like, oh, right. somebody they, spilled like they were putting some tape bumped, on to hold like some outfit on right, and they didn't take it, it off. Like, yeah. <laughs> but she should have had a line that said, This is my trademark and just left it at that and yeah. then we could have moved on and not been distracted right. by it. The very first time I see it, it I think it's on her what is it, right clavicle. Uh-huh. I honestly thought it was duct tape. Yeah, it, it so looks I, like duct tape. I, I thought that's what it was color, initially. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh no, that's that's a paint stroke of yeah. silver for some reason. It's such a weird thing to just put into a movie with no reason. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's like an otherwise perfectly paint? serious movie, and then it's like, what? Maybe they're trying to be part of the 80s. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the paint craze. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when everybody walked around with paint. Does anybody own an electric keyboard? <laughs> I own a DX6. Do you? Yeah. Is yeah, that a, I really like it. That's why you pretty... didn't make it in music. <laughs> yeah, that's your problem. I, I, I don't, problem. And, I, and I don't follow like what the latest models are, so is that like... France, <laughs> like I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't actually, but no, um, but no. So they make a big deal. Keep in mind, she's made no money at this point. She's slumming <laughs> it with Dice, Julian Dice, and uh, she shows up with a brand new D- Yamaha. Yamaha DX7, which you can see plainly branded on the back. So I don't know if they got a sponsor or something, yeah, but they have. make a big deal about keep saying. Is this the DX7? Yeah. You got me the DX7? Yeah. And then they start making horrible music together on yeah. it. <laughs> well, yeah. I, love, I love that the piano is in the background. Right, right. <laughs> and, and then later his on... other keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Later on, somebody... Like, she's writing music or something. She's playing something, and it's not the DX7. It's, the, it's a different electric but the keyboard. Best part, the best part is the camera pans around the apartment <laughs> so until the DX7, the DX7 is back in the screen. Yeah. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing. I thought at first she was buying it for herself because yeah. she was using the keyboard and well, and, and it we was know there his, not being used. Like his instrument he, of choice is the marimba. Yeah. Yes. Is that like when Homer oh, buys Marge a bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uses the marimba to bust a move on her. That's right? how he wins her over. Like as all, as we all as we all did. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I always hated that guy on the quad that was rocking the marimba and just getting all the hotties. Yeah. <laughs> 
What was it that you said about uh, they they first looked for a marimba player to make an actor? Yeah. They're like, but can he play the marimba? He's not for us. No. They're like, we got this marimba player. Let's let's make him an let's actor. make a let's make a part for him let's in make the a movie. movie out of it. Real talk though, can you play the DX seven? It's a deal breaker. <laughs> No offense to New Yorkers, we're trying to talk right <laughs> We're really not making fun of you. We are actually perfectly <laughs> mimicking dice. dice. <laughs> this movie uh, had a budget of $22 million. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. This is, I'm wondering. Who well, negotiated that? That's still lower than uh, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out that paint was made of unobtainium. <laughs> which I think that might have been part of the budget. Was the part of the uh, this had a worldwide gross of $5,271,000. So that sounds like a deal that Dice would make. Yeah. 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 So now, this movie was not a good movie, right? But it also. Uh, so there was a soundtrack that came with it. Mariah Carey did all of the music for it. It's one of her albums. That album was released on September 11th, 2001. Bad timing. And then the, the movie came out on the 21st, 10 days later. So I'm sure much of the country and even the world was not going to the movies right. during this time. It was very bad timing. It was the first film to be released after 9-11. Um, and one of the last films that had the Twin Towers in it. But uh, <laughs> talk about bad, bad, yeah. bad here's, I mean, here's here, real question, though. I mean, like, do you think that they, the studio, I feel like nobody's going to blame you if you pull that. And oh, yeah. Like, you know what? Not the right time. Right. Right? It's not the right time for the country. It's right. not the right time for the studio. Let's just pause so, on this, release it next spring or something right yeah. do you think it would have been better received at that point uh it might have been better received i think it would have been better received um i also not knowing the actual facts but seeing what was going on in mariah carey's life at that time i kind of think the studio was like let's just get this We're out done. and and so they they canceled their contract with her shortly after uh bought her out of her contract um she was having a difficult time like i mean she, she physical physically and mentally having a difficult time in her life and they probably didn't want to deal with it and so they were like let's just get it out let's cut our losses fulfill our contract yep be done yeah but i think it probably it would have done better than 5 million yeah i don't know that it would have made money but you know it might have done 15 million i don't were people were we going to the movies then i don't remember like i don't remember doing anything doing much after nine no. eleven. yeah and so like, especially 10 days after yeah, especially oh like yeah the, yeah especially the everybody week after. was no it very was, much still in shock and it's like what are we TV. gonna do and yeah what's Why, happening i mean they were still ground like zero uncovering and, oh yeah keeping, like, yeah. keeping yeah. your loved ones close to you like right. no one's going yeah. to the movie yeah nobody was doing anything was but being patriotic yeah. yeah i mean i mean it wasn't really in i mean this is a, tra- a digression but like it really wasn't until the Yankees and the Mets started playing again that things kind of started to get more normal. And so, and I don't know when that was. I don't think it was the same time as this movie. It was not 10 days no, later. No, no, it, it would have been a lot later. Yeah. A couple of weeks later, I think. So. 
But yeah, what so a downer. Bad, <laughs> bad timing. Hilarious bad for the budget. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it would. Been, I I think you would have had a lot of people go and see it because mm-hmm. I like Mariah Carey, and I was kind of mm-hmm. rooting for her in this movie because I liked so much of her music when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she certainly did have appeal mm-hmm. at this point right like she oh, still yeah. was very big name so had draw uh i think bracken did the math so mariah carey has as of this release of our podcast she has 19 number one singles wow. which is uh second se- only second, to the beatles yep second only to the beatles who only have 20 um and she owns december that's right she is miss yeah. all of december miss christmas <laughs> yeah but bracken by the time this movie came out, how many of those? Uh, Fifteen of those, nineteen, had right. already come out at this point in her career. So, right. still, you know, doing number one stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think her career, her albums are, you know, less frequent. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at you know, at this point, she was releasing an album maybe every couple, every other year. Right. And then after this comes out, maybe every four or five mm-hmm. years, her albums start getting spread yep. out a little bit more. But she has four. Number one hits after this this uh, movie. Yeah. So l- let's talk about the music real quick because I, even being a Mariah Carey fan at the time, I didn't recognize any of these. No, there was, I mean, yeah, and one music, song I barely recognize. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned a couple of them. Yeah, or Bracken, Bracken I remember who actually mentioned two or three that you guys recognized. I didn't recognize anything, and most of it honestly was not memorable at all. I agree. I feel like it's from Justin to Kelly. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it I, was very I, forgettable. I and and I actively disliked the club music. Yes, I did too. I didn't. Nope. Even when she was performing, this artist that I like, mm-hmm. really good voice, I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this music. The the weirdest thing with the club. I mean, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but the clubs where Dice is DJing or wherever they're just hanging out. I mean, they're like these serious clubs where they've got these dancers in exotic costumes all around the outside and stuff. And you really expect some kind of hard, hard dance huge music. Beat that's right. Like, doom, 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 yes, doom, exactly. Doom, something, something. Or right? even disco. Yeah, something long after that disco. you could dance with, yeah. right? And all of this stuff was kind of this uh, barely, I mean, it was easy listening kind of, there was no beat. It was yeah. melodic, but no beat. And it's like, how can you dance to this? And people were kind of not even dancing. I right. mean, the, the the costumed people were dancing, but it was, you know, not to any The only time you saw it rhythm. was they started playing YMCA. And yeah, then right. And started, then everybody starts dancing. Started yeah. getting excited. And I was like, that seems like that would be more of what you'd be playing. Yeah. Is that even, I mean, because it's 19, it was 1983. 83 is when it kicks off. So yeah, we've yeah. got like... So disco has probably died, but um, yeah, disco will never die. I mean, this was <laughs> disco was life. <laughs> but uh, but so they've they've uh, moved past disco a little bit. So I'm yeah. trying to think of like what you would reasonably expect to hear. I mean, Michael Jackson was Thriller was out at that time. Um, what uh, what other kind of music was? I mean, there was that was like the the prime of MTV 1983, right? It was. Uh, it could have been anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think. What well, was... well, so they did. He, uh, he being Dice, mm-hmm. did do do a walk around and have people just kind of like rap. On yeah, the they spot. were rapping. So they were, and doing... it was very Run DMC early yep. '80s. 
uh, hip hop type stuff. Sugar so Hill it, Gang. Yeah. So it fit. It really. I feel like okay. This this fits the time period. Right. That stuff did. But um, they weren't even playing the beat. Like they were rapping, but there was no beat that they were. Yeah. Rapping to. I was like, how are they doing this? The beat was in their heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have preferred listening to some of her earlier number one hits in this? And you know, might may, maybe make this movie a little bit more autobiographical. Covering I, her career, I yeah. think it would have been would amazing. Set it in the '90s or late '80s when. Yeah, I would have liked to just see her actually sing more, right? Because right? yes, if you I recall agree. from the movie, she only really sings like once. My favorite, right? An actual song, yeah. Otherwise, it's she's singing for about twenty seconds, right? My favorite Where part. They're was doing when like she's a couple singing. licks here and there, and she'll sing along with the piano here and right. there. But she's really not singing, right? Like, and I don't the the songs that they gave her to sing do not show off her her talent. They're just kind of mid range. There's that she's whole clearly time better than... where she meets up with the uh, the singer. Like he's a he's a established pop star or whatever, yeah. right? And he's like Raphael. Raphael. He's yeah. like, hey, let's write a song together. And they just sit there and they kind of go, and she's like, and and then they are recording the song and it sounds exactly the same. There's like, are there no words? I have a melody, but if you hear something fall in, it's like... Okay. Uh, chorus is like, um... <laughs> it was like, it was like on the. Do you remember the movie Masterminds? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where he's in there robbing the thing, and so and uh, oh, yeah. what's what's Kristen the actress? Wiig. Yeah, Kristen Wiig starts going uh, right into the, yeah. into the walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah. I could listen to that all day. <laughs> that's, that's that's what that felt like with the two of them just going. <laughs> it just felt like a weird thing, right? Like. They kept leaning into what she was not good at, right. which she's not an established actress. Right. She wasn't great at pulling emotional gravitas. Right. Like, give her something to sing and we she, will all start yeah. crying with her. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was interesting that they came up with this number one, or this hit song that they were going to release or, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, <laughs> release on the radio that weekend. But they were only one session together, and they, yeah, it wasn't even recorded yet. They were still writing it. They had their that day. Music. It was like yeah. they they had written this song on the fly, and they, it was like, wow, this is really good. We're gonna let's, leak let's, it to the radio station. Yeah. yeah, let's leak it this weekend. And she, you can do that. Oh yeah, we can do that. It's like, oh, but we don't like, even have any lyrics. Yeah. So it just seemed a little unrealistic. Yeah. But yeah. I was expected because about that uh Raphael mm-hmm. she in the in the movie she is supposed to sing after him in an awards show or something right? right and he clearly can sing very well right right and he belts he, he, i would call him the male counterpart right. to Mariah Carey Absolutely. right very good range and they completely wasted on just yeah. some stupid I was little mumbling for, for 5 sing, minutes sing together i was that expecting was that too duet yes opportunity yes. Yeah. never do totally wasted yeah well, you know, they wasted a lot of stuff with the music because even in the big finale where she's at Madison Square Garden and she's singing some special song, which the lyrics are probably important 
to yeah. the was, story, wasn't right? Wasn't it the song that they kind of ghost wrote with each other? Yeah, ghost collaborated. It, it might have been that, right? It's Yeah, they were both, her and Dice were both kind of like writing it together without actually yeah. without actually talking to each other independently. Yeah. So she sings it and the, we're wait it's like building up and then all of the lights change and you hear the big clunk and then everybody here starts singing. <laughs> and uh... Yeah, but it never happens. It just like it was such a waste because it was like a perfect time for her to just belt it. Yeah. And she didn't. She just continued with her little sad song. I will like, say oh, though, come on. The the duet that Danny and I sang yes, in that great. moment brought a tear to my eye. It was incredible. It was amazing. That is a bond I'm never gonna lose. <laughs> oh man. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? So, I, do we no. want? Yeah, they end it really weird too. Yeah. I, I tell you, I was joking, uh, sort of, about the you know once they break up that. I was really hoping that he would become a super stalker and just, <laughs> or even, you know, like you said, with the bodyguard, I thought, okay, the, the boyfriend got shot. Now the Terrence Howard character, we don't know if he was arrested or not. Right. Maybe he'll show up at the concert and he'll try to shoot her too right. because he's like, you know, it, he's gone crazy and that didn't happen. No. So not that I wanted Mariah Carey to get shot or right. anybody to get shot, but. I just thought it would be a little bit more interesting if mm-hmm. they took it in another angle, but it just kind of ended where you knew it was going to end, right? She was going to finish her song. And with life the... was just going to go on. So Yeah. So that reminds me. So you remember in Halloween 3, uh, his name is Colin Cochran, is that mm-hmm. yep. the bad guy? So you remember how he made the real big business blundering decision to bring his best... The person who's best marketer, his best yeah. person that sold the most things and oh, kills yeah. them. Yeah, right. So Terrence Howard, instead of getting his money, right, he yeah. shoots dice. So yeah. it's like another and goes like, to jail. Bonehead right. yeah. business decision. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's another theme in this season of our movies. Like... <laughs> well, so th- so it happens off screen. You don't see it, but this is just another one of Dice's terrible, terrible negotiations. He's like. Terrence Howard's character is like, look, I can either shoot you in the heart or you can give me 1% of your revenue for one year. And he says, shoot me in the heart. I'm not paying you a dime. I don't know. It sounds more Arnold now. So completely on point. You sound like the director. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I will say um, I had way more fun with this movie than I have had in a while. Um, yeah. Because it was earnest. Yes. It was trying to be something. It was trying to be and a good movie. And that's what was so comical about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were just having so much fun. Well. And it was fun to... Most of us were. I don't... Bracken, you, you didn't well, seem like you were having too much fun. There were a couple times where you were rolling a little bit. Yeah. Hey, I was just trying to hear the movie because there was so much <laughs> laughter going on in the room. <laughs> that's true. I was really... That's... You know, I've, I'm always Mr. Serious because I'm like trying to think of um what to say and i, I want to be able to know what's going on in the movie and not miss anything but well, there we, was really not a lot of slow sp- stuff in this movie this move m- moved along really well right um so uh, i wouldn't say it was like speed where they got to keep it over 55 right. it was more like driving miss daisy where they got to keep it under 35 <laughs> the entire time so yes it was moving the whole time the movie just not very fast right 
this was one of those movies that there's a, a whole genre and maybe Bracken, maybe you know there's a name for this but i've never liked them it's the thing <laughs> where there isn't really a plot it's just like following someone's life for a period of time you know and it's just like this happens this happens and then there's slice no there's no yeah it's a it's a slice well, like of life a, but it's like no it's art like a melodrama or a biopic or uh, kind of it's not even really a biopic because with a biopic there is usually an arc that happens you right. know there's usually some finale there's something you know this is just like hey we'll pick up her life at the beginning and just kind of watch what happens there's lots of little incidences little things that happen throughout her life but none of there's no big overarching arc because even her like climb to success there was no like oh fanfare it, there anything. was no like oh she might not do it or and there wasn't even any fanfare it's just like it just happened just happened just happened just happened you know and then uh he dies and instead of like a funeral or some big emotional thing there you know she's sad but then she goes on and just life and continues on mom. right yeah finds her mom and just goes on uh i've sat through several movies in my life where i'm like what the heck did i just watch that for if i wanted to watch people i'd i'd look out my windows into my neighbor's house or something so, so I, I will tell you like i relate to that so well, I, I mean the, the, this is not illegal <laughs> Not that I would really do that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> You're probably not going to go to jail. I might take a picture movie. of them and then overlay my picture with them. But <laughs> Okay, so, on, not, not on the stalker stuff, but on the, the bad movies. The worst, one of the worst movies that I was so excited for. So, I worked for Sundance, mm -hmm. a wing of the Sundance uh, corporation for a while awesome. and so we got tickets to go to the sundance mm -hmm. film festival occasionally and so it was a raffle so you didn't you weren't guaranteed to get them so the first year um, we were ever able to get it we were so excited you don't get to choose they just kind of mm -hmm. say here's the ticket here's the one you get right but you always hear about all these amazing movies right. coming out of sundance we're like oh my gosh we're gonna rub shoulders with these celebrities whatever we got like bargain basement movie. I don't even remember yeah. what it was called, but it was like, it was something stupid like story of a boy. And it was exactly like that yeah. where they just literally just followed this one random kid in South America. Like it felt like a Thursday. They right. just kind of followed him from the beginning to the end. And then the movie was over and both my wife and I were like, what was that? Yeah, what, there, what a colossal no waste of time. What was, what got cut right. <laughs> so that this could make it onto the screen? <laughs> So yes, it. Yeah. You are actually reminding me that it was a lot like that. I mean, yeah. this was by far more entertaining than right. that, and I had a lot more fun. But it did feel like the motivations weren't super clear, right. and there wasn't a clear objective besides right. I know I'm going to be famous. What is the at some story point. they want to tell? Right. You couldn't even really tell. I feel like they shoehorn a few things in there too. Yeah. Like uh, Mariah Carey is biracial, right? Mm -hmm. She's triracial. Tri. Well, she's mixed. She's yeah, yeah um, multiracial. So the the beginning back in the sepia times. Yes. Um, and she's there with her mom, and her mom's performing at a, at a nightclub or something. And her mom has her come up on stage, and her her mom is African American, or black. Yeah. Or, um, and she, the little girl, is not. Right. She's. And so they, so then they have to shoehorn in this scene that felt really kind of out of place to me. Where they go and they, 
and they extort some money from her dad. Right. And he's a white he's a man white dude. who opens the door. And so now you're like, okay, now we've established that she's a mixed race child. Oh, but then in the orphanage, she meets her two friends. One of them's black and the other one, she's like, she says, I'm black and, and she's Puerto Rican. And she says, I'm Latin. And they're like, what are you? And she says, I'm mixed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's usually how I introduced myself when I was in the orphanage. Right. And I don't know how to do that. People look at me and they're like, oh, you're white. <laughs> <laughs> when I do my DNA tracing, it's just all of Europe. <laughs> that's the, you know, my wife, who is Korean, Yeah. when she did her DNA testing, they literally gave her... so. You know, the the ads on TV, it's like there's uh, this woman, this black woman who did her DNA, and yeah. there's this colorful pie chart of all the different places in Africa that she's got yeah. uh, DNA from. So my wife was super excited because she was adopted uh, by an American family. So she wants to know her ethnicity, and she gets her pie chart, and it's a big yellow circle, and it says Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. It, it could not narrow it. And then it shows the map of the country, of the world, and all the, the possible places she's from are all in yellow. It was literally just Asia. Asia. All of Asia. It was like China. And, South of Russia. Yeah, everything. It was, and it was, she's like, I cannot believe I just paid for this. She's like, I know more than this. She's like, I know I'm Asian. That yeah. was the point. I wanted to know where. <laughs> Anyway, so what do we think about this movie? Is it exceptionally bad? Okay. I I, I feel like I might be coloring my opinion mm-hmm. a little bit because the last two mm-hmm. were just so... Well, three, I think, were actually just so painful for mm-hmm. me. I had so much fun <laughs> with this movie. So uh, with that criteria, if you can find some like-minded people mm-hmm. who recognize Mariah Carey from the 90s, I think you can have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I think you, I really think you can. We were, the story's meh, you know, that I didn't really care about that. The music's not great, but we had a very, very good time watching this movie. So I would say it's exceptionally bad. Uh, I, so, you know, I used to be a fan of Mariah Carey. <laughs> in the, in the nineties? I, I almost spit water all over Bracken. <laughs> if you had waited two seconds later, I would have just sprayed Bracken. So, <laughs> um, I'll tell you that going, I've never seen this movie, and going into it, even though my fandom of Mariah Carey is long past. I do have the nostalgia of my fandom, mm-hmm. my fanhood. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. <laughs> anyway, stalker. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you that the statute I, I was... of limitations has not, <laughs> has not expired. The statute of limitations of your fandom has not right. expired. <laughs> I was a little bit uh, kind of expecting to because I I went through this thing with Steven Spielberg in 1941 where I'm a huge fan of Spielberg and then I watch this horrible movie that he's made. And is it? <laughs> you can say that with a straight face. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to spit water okay. on you. <laughs> <It's just laughs> yeah. 
But I was, uh, you know, I was fully expecting to be disappointed. But in the end, I feel like Mariah Carey did just fine in it. Agreed. It it was not a thing to be embarrassed about, (laughs) you know. And I also agree that with a a group of people who are prepared to go into this and have fun, that this is a very fun movie to watch. Um, If you're going into it expecting us i mean like lady gaga you're wanting to be serious and you're expecting lady gaga <laughs> and stuff you're gonna be very disappointed but knowing it's a bad movie i i feel it's exceptionally bad as well and i would also say at no point does she f- come off as being contractually obligated that's to true. do the movie <laughs> yeah that's right she yeah. was not walking around set talking about how <laughs> right. her career is in the dumps yeah <laughs> matthew broderick Kelly Clarkson. Uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> right. yeah, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson had to do it. But yeah. yeah. Or, or, you go for it. Um, what did we What did we decide with from Justin to Kelly? I think we said that one was just bad, right? We didn't. It wasn't positive. I yeah. We didn't, I, we didn't I, recommend that's it. That's when we were still ranking. Them. I, I think yeah. it was on the. I think it was on the don't watch. Don't watch though. side. So the reason I mentioned that is because I have not made up subplots as we've gone along through the film as in any other movie as much mm-hmm. since as, as one as since Jeff from Justin to Kelly with Justin being a serial killer yeah Justin time. being a serial killer we were talking about how Mariah Carey's mom was a serial arsonist right yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> and uh, that was great so I I had a blast I, I would say um just a slight counter to to Brandt I really enjoyed Freaked mm-hmm. um I had a that's good time I had oh that's good, fair that was a good time fun. with that one yeah. Um, but this one, this one was a lot of fun. And so I think I would have to go with that same kind of caveat that if you're with the group of people who are ready to have fun at this movie, that's not great. It's exceptionally bad, but, but again, it is not a good movie. So don't go into it. Yeah. Go in with the right expectations and, right. and you'll have a great time. Julian Dice is pretty annoying with that accent, yeah. but, um, yeah, it moves along. It's pretty fun. I, I really, I, I I felt like the movie was moving in a good way. Um, the acting wasn't atrocious. I think it was more the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing is really, the, the, like I said, the dialogue's not great. Um, you see what the storyline is a mile away, <laughs> and there's nothing new given to it to make it interesting or dynamic. Um, but uh, it's entertaining. It, it's, uh, you know, Mariah Carey's a star for a reason. And uh, I feel like she can carry this movie as much as the movie called Glitter can be carried. So with that said, I'll say it's exceptionally bad as well. And somebody brought up the whole point. Why is it called Glitter? No one knows. Nobody knows. She doesn't glitter. Well, that's not true. There is at the very a, beginning of the movie when it goes from sepia tone. Did you glitter there? To there was glitter standard. at there, the video, there at was the sparkles. music video, yeah. the big fat. Yeah. The oh, that's right. No, when she went to sepia tone, there were sparkles. Like it was the, it was welding. It was sparks. welding sparks. Yeah. yeah. Welders, Welders Bay. Bay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any 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 parting comments? Uh, no, watch our Instagram. I mean, <laughs> check out our Instagram. 
Look at it with your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our email. <laughs> our Instagram is uh, exceptionally bad. Or at exceptionally bad. So uh, we post there a lot. That's a great way to contact us and, and communicate with us. So go there. Like like our posts and leave a comment. <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us. We appreciate it. And all the, the fan feedback. Send feedback to the guys at exceptionallybad.com. And our website is exceptionallybad.com. All right, thanks, Till guys. next time. The Sweet Fantasy. Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?